Greetings and a very warm welcome to the Greylet Cafe podcast brought to you by Frontinus Limited. Frontinus is a communications consultancy focused on engineering, infrastructure, and sustainability. With you today is Inji Musa, political scientist and teaching associate at Cambridge University, and I'm very honored and pleased to be accompanied by Mr. Anthony Haynes, creative director of Frontinus in this edition on blogging. Greetings, Mr. Anthony. Greetings, Inji. So not too long ago, people be it professionals or academics really, were so passionate about blogging and trying to get like different skills to how to write blog, etc. But more recently, attention have been really diverted to videos and podcasts. How do you see that shift? Is it kind of explainable? Has blogging faded away or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think there's a lot of energy, isn't there, around audio and um, uh, moving image forms, which I understand. But sometimes people assume that that means somehow blogging is yesterday's news and it doesn't matter anymore. And that's not true. The fact is that blogging persists and remains an important form of communication. And some producers are happier expressing themselves in the written word. Some consumers prefer to consume content through the written word. And certain types of content are just easier to communicate in the form of written words. So blogging hasn't gone away. Definitely. I think just to add to that as well, in terms of the audience as well, some people prefer to read and others prefer to listen or watch. Mm. So it's kind of, it goes both ways. So indeed, if someone is thinking about blocking, what is the first thing you recommend them to do? Well, I find that when people get to that stage of thinking, actually, I'd like to have a go at this, you know, I'd like to blog. Uh, quite naturally, they tend to think in terms of setting up their own blog. Mm. And Thanks to companies like WordPress, you can now do that for little or no cost and with very little technical expertise. So it's definitely an option. However, I would say to anyone, well, before you make that commitment, because it is a commitment, just hold off a bit and just consider the alternatives. And what kind of alternatives would you tell people about one alternative is to write guest posts for other people's blogs so Mm. um, not all blogs are open to guest bloggers but some are and if you find blogs that are open to guest posts then you can write to them and say this is what i'd like to write a post on and the advantage of that is you leverage the work that they've done they've already established an audience and they've already worked out a way of promoting the blog and and you come along and, and your post benefits from that Another alternative is to consider setting up a group blog with some friends or colleagues. And the advantage of that is you don't have to do everything yourself. So you might write a post and then maybe for the next three weeks, your colleagues are writing posts and you can relax a bit. And if you've each got some sort of social media operation, then you're all promoting the post. So you're all helping to build an audience for each other. So that can be nice and and take some of the heat off you. Uh, and the, the other alternative is to ask yourself, are you sure the blog is actually the form that you want to use? Maybe you want to write something, you want to get some stuff out there, but there are other formats. Take newsletters, for instance, which are often seen as, oh, that's a bit yesterday's news. That's Yeah, it's a traditional form, but it actually is a very potent form. So I would just say, think about all these things before you make a decision about which one you're going to do. Interesting. So in terms of blocking then, at least, if you are going for guest 
your own or the group blocking. Mm. I think you would agree that putting your ideas on paper is very demanding, but also quite messy task yeah. at times. So what is yes. the best mindset to have for blogging? I think really there are three big things I'd say. One is think long-term, frame your blog as a long-term enterprise. Mm. And so, it, you know, sometimes you get interested in the topic and you think, oh, I could set up a blog on this. How long is that going to last you? Are people still going to be interested in it in a year's time? And in a year's time, are you still going to have things to say about it? So think about it long term. I would say rather directly related to that is actually be patient mm. because usually it takes a very long time to build an, a worthwhile audience. And that can easily take many months. And you might find it's taking you well over a year mm to get to that stage so you just have to accept that that is the name of the game for most bloggers and connected with that my third point would be um, persevere so it's very easy to get discouraged you know I've had this feeling where you write a post and actually you think I'm really pleased with that post you know I think that's a good one and you find hardly anyone reads it and no one responds to it and that can be rather discouraging so I think it's important to stick at it and not be discouraged yeah, excellent. So in terms of kind of the support mechanism, building on that then to, uh, to the outside world, any recommendation how to publicize your world, get it like out there? Well, I think um, sharing initially with the people around you is a way of starting to get to do that. But then I think more importantly, what I would say is that your question is actually part of a bigger question, which is how do you establish your platform? Yes. Um, imagine you're in a crowd and you want to say something and get people's attention. It's much easier to do that if in some way you can raise yourself above other people by, you know, typically standing on a soapbox. <laughs> so it makes you taller. Um, so what I would recommend in there is there's a very good resource. I'll put the details in the show notes. It's a how to book by michael hyatt and it's called simply how to build your platform and it's actually full of really practical ideas on how to do this excellent any other points on the best mindset to blog effectively you wish to add here yeah i think sometimes people overthink their blog and they try and nail everything down and, and come up with a sort of plan or a blueprint and the problem with that is you don't actually know what's going to work until you try it so i would encourage people once you've made the decision to set up your blog is to get stuck into it and improvise and be prepared to learn by doing and the great thing about blogging which is very different from producing a print publication is nothing set in stone so if you design your web page with one look and then you don't like it you can change the look of it um, if you start by publishing on thursday mornings and you find thursday mornings not really working well you can choose a different time of the week so you can keep refreshing things and experimenting definitely overthinking is is a very big problem but related to that as well is overwriting, right? So people tend, yes. some people tend to overthink, other people tend to overwrite. And so correct me if I'm wrong, but blogs shouldn't be like that long. So how long, like in terms of words count, would you say a good blog post should be? Mm. Well, I think there are two answers to that. The conventional wisdom is that blog posts should be somewhere in the range of about 1,000 to 1,500 words. Mm. And I've read many posts of that length and many good posts of that length. Um, 
and I can see the sense in it because it gives you enough room to develop points a bit. It's it's sort of a bit like essay length, isn't it? Um, I think there is an alternative, which is to write a shorter post of something like 300 to 500 words. And actually, personally, that, that that's my favoured length. And I find it makes me write better because I stop waffling and I just sort of write more pithily and get to the point quickly. And I find some readers like that. Some readers don't want to spend too much time reading your blog. And 300 to 500 words takes virtually no time to read. I think you think of it in terms of coffee. Some people like drinking lattes. Some people like drinking <laughs> espressos. Yeah, I, I think I would go for the espresso one on this. Okay, although I like the latte much more, to be honest. So whether really you go for, you, know, you opt for the shorter or longer version as a writer, then how would you structure your blog? Uh, the main point there is simply to make sure that you chunk the content. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost certain if people read your posts, they're going to be reading them online. And we read online differently from the way we read on paper. And we're a bit reluctant to read text continuously. So uh, chunk things so that um, people can navigate their way through your post and accept that they might not be reading every word and they might want to skim and scan. By chunking, what I primarily mean is using lots of subheadings and also keeping paragraphs short. And I, I think it's worth saying that writing a paragraph for a blog is a different thing from writing a paragraph in you know, let's say a report or an essay or dissertation or something like that. The paragraphs need to be short. If they're not short, people won't read through them. And by short, I primarily mean one sentence or maybe two. So your high school teacher that told you you're not allowed (laughs) to write one sentence paragraphs, that might have been good advice for essays, but it's not good advice for blogs. Excellent. Okay, coming to the tricky bit then, what would you write on? Any suggestions for ideas for content? Yeah, I think I've got two. I think one is write posts that answer um, FAQs. So you might find that when you talk about a topic, there are certain questions that people always bring up. Well, those are very good indicators of things to write blog posts for because you know there's going to be a demand for them. And then the other thing, which is probably my favorite, is to try and write evergreen content. By evergreen content, I don't necessarily literally mean something that will be of interest forever, but will be of interest for many years. So that even in 10 years time, people might come back to that post. I wrote a blog post about how to get a job in publishing, Mm. in book publishing. And um, eventually it went a bit out of date and I had to sort of slightly revise the details. But for years, it was fine and people used it for years. And that's that's very helpful when you're trying to build an audience. Wow, excellent. So once you are set on a general topic then or a series of related themes, how do you generate a flow of content? Because I guess that's where kind of the perseverance and the continuity comes from. So how do you generate a flow of content? Well, the first thing is before you publish the first post, write several posts so you've got a bank of them. Mm. And this connects with the idea we talked about earlier about sharing your initial posts with your family or your friends or your colleagues. So you can write, let's say, five posts and pass them around and get their reaction before you start publishing. The second thing is advice I would give for writers writing absolutely anything, which is keep a notebook with you at all times. And then as you go around, ideas pop up at very odd times and odd places. 
just whip your notebook out, just capture that idea before you have time to forget it. And then the third thing is to establish a calendar. So I'll give you an example. You might say, well, actually, every fourth post, I'm going to have a guest post. And every third post, I'm going to interview someone and, and so on. Um, and maybe every second post is going to be a review of a book or a website or something. So just build up a calendar, which helps you look several months in advance. Okay. One thing that I have personally wondered about blogging is, do you write a blog to enrich your own career? So now you are building on the knowledge that you have in your profession or academia etc or do you use blogging to invest in a passion be it cooking traveling what are your thoughts on this one well i i would say you can do both it's not necessarily one or the other i mean probably in different blogs and the really interesting thing is that you can learn from one form to another so i get rather dispirited by the fact that in writing people are endlessly trying to sort of build brick walls between different types of writing i see this when i'm working in universities that people say that's academic writing and you shouldn't be doing non-academic writing or that's research writing you shouldn't be doing non-research writing so well the truth of the matter is that these different currents flow into each other and for reasons that i cannot entirely explain actually writing about your hobbies will actually make you better at writing about your professional concerns as well. Well, I like that very much. I will hopefully I will give it a go. Okay, copyright. Another big theme in blogging that people wonder about. So um, is there such thing in the field of blogging as copyright? Yeah, the truth of the matter is copyright applies to any kind of writing. And, mm -hmm. and in fact, the minute you write anything, you have copyright over it. You don't have to kind of register it or, or you don't have to put a little c in a little circle to say it's copyright um, so it, preparing this session i jotted down some ideas using my pen on a bit of scrap paper i have copyright on that and why does it matter really from your perspective i think it matters ethically and legally so let's talk about the legal idea because that's the one that people tend to focus on mm. um, you do want to make sure that you're not infringing other people's copyright so if you are actually borrowing some words from someone else then you should definitely indicate that by putting them in quotation marks and by giving the source and accrediting people and some people think oh well i'm only doing my blog as an amateur enterprise or i'm doing it not for profit i'm not deriving any monetary benefit from this and therefore i don't really need to worry about the law because people are not going to sue me well i've got news for those people they're wrong and there have been a whole number of cases where people find that they receive letters from lawyers threatening legal action um, and i just think why do you want to do that why do you even want to take the risk incidentally be really careful about use of photographs because there are a lot of photographers, part of their business model is raising revenue by suing people. Wow. Um, but I also think, I always, I don't think of this first and foremost actually as a legal issue. I think of it first and foremost as an ethical issue, which is I would be quite annoyed if I wrote something and I found that someone else had ripped it off and taken exactly the same words and used it without giving me any credit for it. I would see that as discourteous and unprofessional thing to do so i think do unto others as you would have them do unto you you know if you find some good stuff it's nice to actually point people towards it and acknowledge it 
Mm-hmm. And is there anything of, like as protecting your blog post or should you even be too worried about it if people take bits and pieces of it? Well, as I say, you automatically have copyright. There's no need to register something. And incidentally, you have copyright. It lasts for 70 years after the day you die. (laughs) So that's a pretty long time. There is one absolutely foolproof way of preventing anyone stealing your content, and that is not to publish it in the first place. Mm. (laughs) But that's a bit self-defeating, isn't it? Because no one's ever going to read it. So I think it's important to recognize that the minute you publish something, there is a risk that people will steal it. What I'm about to say, um, a number of professional authors don't like me saying this, but it's not all bad news. I mean, I, I wouldn't like someone stealing my content but there is a sort of positive side to it a silver lining if you like which is people tend not to steal bad content they tend to steal something because they think it's good so at least there's a bit of positive feedback there Um, and incidentally we should make a distinction between using other people's words and using other people's ideas in law, that distinction is not entirely clear cut, but in everyday life, we sort of know what we mean there. And I, I find a lot of writers get really worried about people stealing my idea, to which I have to say, you don't own your ideas. Mm. And to be, if you're really honest about it, you probably develop them by using other people's ideas in the first place. And if people start using your ideas what they will actually do is start to create a market for you and start to create an audience for your writing this edition has been really rich to be honest so far but for those who maybe are still hesitant whether it's for them or no what would you tell them well i think blogging can be fun i mean it can be a bit of a slog and you have to be kind of pretty organized and diligent but i think it can be great fun and what i like most of all is when you find other people are using your stuff and you find you've made a connection with someone. So I've written a number of blog posts that for some reason get used in New South Wales, in Australia, and incidentally they get used every year in New South Wales. And I don't yet know who these people are or why they're using them, but I love it (laughs) and I'm really intrigued and I hope one day to find out. But I just love that sense that you've made a connection, you know, over the oceans, you've made a connection with someone. That's so interesting. Okay, so if we wish to learn more about blogging, what would you direct us to? Well, I won't try and give the exact references on this episode and what I'll do is put the references into the show notes but um, I've got really two resources that I think are very useful and they're both blog posts themselves one is um, on a blog called The Story Cave and it's written by Rachel Extance and it's called simply How to Draw Up a Content Plan for Your Blog which really gives a more detailed answer to one of the questions you asked me earlier mm-hmm. and the other one is a blog called Enchanting Marketing And the post is called Stuck in a Blogging Rut? Try these 17 ideas to spark a wave (laughs) of creativity, which is also an answer to your earlier question. And I think both of those are just very concise and very practical. Brilliant. I can't wait to check that out. And as well as the other sources you are going to kindly share with us in the show notes. Thank you very much, Mr. Anthony, for this insightful edition. Thank you, Inji. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. This was Inji Musa with Anthony Haynes. Greylit Cafe is edited by Dr. Bart Hallmark and produced by Frontinus Limited. 
Frontanis specializes in gray literature forms such as proposals, publications, papers, and reports. The music is from Handel's Water Music, courtesy of the United States Marine Band and Marine Chamber Orchestra. See you next time. Bye. Thank you.